There's no way out I've got to show them what I've become There's no doubt Got my back to the wall And I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices where I belong And there's no doubt When the road gets up I keep my head strong Strong, strong Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavyweighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heavens on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change, like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna watch the blue out my mind and my eyes Was I blind in my mind? Cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's and I and the P And then what you're left with is me Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. I am Zod Rider, and you are listening to psn-radio.com, if you can find it on the internet. And uh, I've got a very special guest with me tonight, leading into the big fan event, Justice Con, coming up this weekend. I am privileged to have one of my all-time favorite people from the Snyder Cut movement and just an all-time all-around great guy mr chris wong swenson of the ping pong flick show welcome back to the zod rider show chris it's an honor to have you here tonight oh aloha thank you for having me on again yeah it seems like forever since i've last been on here (laughs) you know i it's funny because i leave i leave as my pinned tweet on twitter i leave the the uh you know, the SoundCloud link to the very first show that you and I did together back in 2018. Oh, you do? Oh, I may that, have that, to listen to that to see how, uh, how what, different what it has is. transpired from then to now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny, Chris, because I, it, I, I've, never, I've never changed it. I remember pinning it as my tweet back then when we did it, and I never changed it or took it down because to me, that was a, that was a, that's always been a symbol of how far things have gone how much has changed over time and what and what's been going on but one thing that's remained consistent man is i've always you know i've always been excited and and look to you know look to you and look to your videos for the for the for the positivity and the overall optimism and hope that goes along with being you know a part of the snyder cut movement and i'm just i'm just super excited you know that you were able to join me tonight so that we could we could talk and kind of geek out a little bit you know going into justice con i mean this is a really really exciting uh time and i i don't know man i i don't think that i've ever been happier as far as being a a dc comics movie fan what about you yeah uh well i've been a you know, I've been a DC Comics fan for a long time. You know, ever since like the Christopher Reeve days. But, um, but I, you know, like we, I probably we probably talked about how 
is just something special and different when Zack Snyder's involved in it. <laughs> and that whole buildup from Man of Steel, you know, even Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and, you know, um, Batman v Superman, how that was like, that is the DC universe I want to see. I just want to keep going, with, or at least see what happens next uh, in that universe. And so... I am extremely happy because it's like we it, we have like two ages here, right? It's like the before before the announcement and after the announcement. It sounds like we had that line. It's like a BC and AD, you know, kind of a um, shift in the age of our of our of our fandom, and um, and it's great to be able to, to expect that that we're about to see the next phase in the Snyderverse rather than just keep wondering if that's ever going to happen. Uh, and I think you share that same sentiment as well as everybody else that, hey, it's happening. It's it's happening. I, I Sometimes I still wondering if it is happening, but it is. Uh, and like Zach's, uh, I don't know if you heard Zach Snyder's interview with Grace Randolph yesterday. Um, that that really, I guess, it, it's it's hard to like, you know, you see the, tw- the teasers and stuff, but just every little bit, it, and, and having Zach actually, you see him physically on screen talking about how this is what you're going to see. It just hits home even more that, oh yeah, we are about to see this, aren't we? <laughs> like We are finally getting to see the next chapter in the Snyderverse. Uh, I and that, was that's so happy. I was so happy to see that Grace Randolph video because I was working and I had a lot of stuff going on yesterday. And I just happened to pull it up on YouTube on my phone. I just, it came up as like a notification because I subscribed to uh, Grace Randolph's Beyond the Trailer. And I had just and, and it just came up and I was like, oh, my God, that that's incredible. And at first, when I saw the thumbnail, I thought. Is that really Zack Snyder, or is that, or is that just somebody that is going to be like impersonating uh, Zack Snyder? Is this just like a joke that Grace is trying <laughs> to play on people? Because if you really, if you looked at how Zack looked in that interview yesterday, and I commented on some uh, YouTube live streams that I've been participating in, I commented on one of them yesterday uh, mm-hmm. that it looked like Zack Snyder got ten years younger. Since the last mm. time we saw him, like, doesn't he look young in in that interview? Like, he just looks like he's, like, like all he the like stre- he's, stress he's, is like, gone. Right, he's like glowing. <laughs> it's, it's like he's when like, you, it's like the yeah. time when you went through all that crazy stuff you went through yeah. with your son when he went into the hospital, and you yeah. came back and you you shaved your head and you went you went you joined us you joined us in the bald club, and it was kind of <laughs> like. You know, it's like you were purging yeah. yourself of all the anxieties and, and stuff you were going through, emotional stuff you were going through at the time. And I kind of got that feeling looking at Zack Snyder. I'm like, it looks like he just like completely let right. all the stress go. And right. now he's really having fun and doing what he wants to do. And the fact that he could come on there and talk to Grace Randolph is is a testament to that. And I feel like... I feel like that right there for all the, you know, Grace Randolph doubters out there, I feel like that right there is like like almost like an exclamation point on mm-hmm. Grace Randolph. Like I feel right. like she's really elevated herself to the next level. And the way she the way she was conducting that interview with Zack Snyder, 
was brilliant. Like she asked all the right questions. She didn't, you know, there was nothing in there that was negative in any way. She didn't, you know, she didn't start, you know, to badger him about stuff. And like, could you imagine how that interview would have gone had it been somebody like John Campia or somebody Ugh, like God, or somebody who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't exactly been here for Supportive. Zach the entire time. Right. Right. And, right. And one thing we can say about Grace Randolph is regardless of whether or not, you know, you buy into a lot of the scoops and things that she shares, mm-hmm. she's definitely been a Zack Snyder supporter and a supporter of the Snyder Cut movement. And that's not yeah. something that we can say about a lot of you know, vloggers and, and scoopers and people like that out there. We can't, there's, we can, we can probably count on our hands how many, you know, how many there are out there that have actually, mm-hmm. you know, turned the other, other cheek and, and decided to support the movement and actually be involved. So, right. so right. I, I feel like she deserved that interview 100%. I think she did a great job. What did you think? Yeah. It's interesting because um, oh, we were talking about how Zach looks really fresh. I mean, I could probably compare him to like Ben Affleck, like recent yeah. pictures of Ben Affleck. And he yeah, where he looks like, like Batman shaved again. Off like a dozen years. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's ready for Batman again. Like he's building himself yeah. back up for Batman. Like all the stuff we're hearing about him returning to Batman, I feel like it's 100% true. Like he's getting in, you know, that, that top shape. He's ready. He's ready to go in that direction, and that's something that we should all we should all be championing and be being positive about. Right. And in terms of Grace Randolph, and like, like yeah, she she has moments where it's like, okay, that's interesting, or that's you know. <laughs> uh, but but for from what I've learned and heard is that she does indeed have a connection within the Snyder camp. So when it comes to Zack Snyder, Snyder Cut, she definitely indeed has the information to back her up. You know, like she has that. So um, and yeah, I think she from. Looking at all the biggest YouTube, you know, in terms of the Hollywood, she's probably the the best pick. I think, like like you said, like what's the other option, right? John Campia, come on, like he was, he's like, he's like a has been Snyder fan. Well, I, mean, I could I, think I of somebody. I, you know, honestly, I could think of somebody else. I would have preferred do that interview, and I'm on here. You. I would have preferred you do that well, interview. Like I, I yeah. actually, I actually had thought about that at one moment. Like, like the only other person I could see doing this and doing it in the way that you know, in a way similar to how Grace did it, and with such you know, with such a, a level of positivity, would have been you. You're the only other person I, I could have seen doing that. So, so I was kind of happy. I was like between. Uh, the, you know, like you just said, the choices that we had out there, you know, you know, Grace has been on top of it with the Snyder Cut. So it's like, yeah, that that worked out well. And again, she was so good about it. Like she asked all the right questions. And I, I really feel like we would have, you know, that that that's actually kind of how we would have asked the questions. I know a lot of the questions she asked were things I, I probably would have asked. And I, I so I kind of feel like. You know, she was on the right track completely, and this is just uh, this has just started off as such a great week for mm-hmm. us Snyder fans. I don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. How- clarified a lot. Her interview yeah. clarified things for the people who are like kind of outside our bubble. 
Um, and that's why I think she's probably one of the better picks because, you know, she has a subscribership level and she's more mainstream, if you will, and compared sure. to just in the Snyder. So it's great to spread that word that way. And so I, I got to com- commend Zack Snyder. That's, that's probably a great way to get Justice Con even promoting Justice Con out there too. Get people oh, hyped yeah. for Justice Con. Oh, yeah. Con, you know that, I mean? see, like, and that was week. another thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that was another thing. She totally totally legitimized justice con and it mm-hmm. was so fun to hear the way you know the way Zack snyder was talking about it and the way it, it just it just felt good it gave me goosebumps i was thinking my god this is this is another testament to how wonderful of a person Zack snyder is with the way he's he, he cares about the fans and he's totally yep. embracing this big event that we're all living for this week. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I honestly cannot understand how anybody who has ever, if you've ever been a part of the Snyder cut movement, I don't know how you could not be totally and completely stoked for justice con. I mean, I got to give, I, I mean, I got to give 100% credit out there to Megan, the nerd Queens, yeah. Honestly, what they've managed to put together is nothing short of a monumental masterpiece. I mean, right. when you look at when you look at that when you look at those panels, I mean mm-hmm. both days and then I mean again and then shout outs to Nicotina for setting up uh Crisis on Infinite Crisis. Streams. I mm-hmm. mean, my god, we're we're looking at uh, we're looking at an event that is just so I don't, I don't think I don't know, Chris, I don't think there's ever been anything like it in fandom yeah. history. Yeah, I was trying I, to think I, of one. I I can't think of one either. And usually those big events are just like really you know, official from the actual studios and things like that. But this is a fan-driven one. Uh, and to your point, like even Nick Katina, who have actually got the crisis on, it's like we're like the uh, – I don't watch too much sports, but I can imagine it's like the pregame show and the postgame yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's, it's epic. Yeah. I mean I'm sitting here like I was so excited. I'm like, my God, to be a part of something like this is so fantastic. I mean I, I, feel, like, I feel like if anything unites the fandom in any way, it's doing an event like this. This is the kind of positive stuff that you and I have been talking about since the beginning of, of the Snyder right. Cut movement. I mean, it's right. like I, I think like on the first show that we, we talked about, like, oh, well, we got to you know, keep doing positive things and keep doing. I mean, this is like the culmination of all of that. Yeah. So I to mean, me, it, it is. It is. It's like the it, we, we got the prize. Now let's go and celebrate. And this is our celebration. This is our moment, guys, is like we're we're all fought for the Snyder Cut. And then we deserve this, uh, not deserve it, but we. It would be great to celebrate with um, the people who are part of that movie, right? <laughs> and and with ourselves, just like be happy about it. And you know, it's like Zach is coming to the party with his little, you know, case of beer, which is like a clip and announcement. You know, it's kind of like it's like being in a big room, a virtual room. And we're all having a drink, and we're like, "Man, that was awesome! We did it, guys!" And let's, it's like let's it's like they're, it, it's like know? we're getting or it's like we're getting something now where it's like, "My God, we're we're getting all of this great stuff, and we don't even have to go anywhere. We don't even have to fly yeah. anywhere. We don't have to. We can do it all from from home." It's right. unbelievable how brilliant right. it all is turning out. I'm like, "Wow, right. this is just epic on so yeah. many levels," and and really. I just think that we're we're 
reaching a, we're reaching a point now where as as a fan group it's like the Snyder cut the Snyder cut army as we were referred to uh yesterday during the uh uh release the air cut campaign Mm-hmm. You know, we were referred to, you know, they need the help of the Snyder Cut Army. And and I just yeah. think that that's kind of I, I think that that's kind of apt because it is actually true. If you get a fan base like ours behind yeah. your movement, that's going mm-hmm. to help your movement because we've proven that it can be done. So right, it's right. it's it's like, you know, as far as, you know, as as far as that goes, I I think that that I think that that was uh I think the goals of the release the air cut campaign were achieved yesterday. Uh, I think so too. Um, it sounds like it it you know went out well. Uh, I mean, I'm hearing things like very positive things for that one. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing if we get the you know release to, get to release the air cut. Might as well. I mean, there's nothing going on in theaters right now. Everybody's at home. You might as well work on stuff you have in your vault. <laughs> yeah, I 20, <laughs> 2021, 2021 is shaping up, even if it's a year where most, the, most of us are at home, like this yes. year, 2021 yeah. is shaping up to be a pretty, a pretty entertaining year, it sounds like. It sounds like we're oh. going to get a lot of good stuff. Heck yeah! I mean, hey, I, I, I wouldn't even mind if they they release the air this year. You know, like just like <laughs> just like drop it in like fourth quarter. Oh, oh yeah, no, I wouldn't mind either. I wouldn't mind like it that. either. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that either. Especially, especially given the fact that it you know that it takes place chronologically prior to the Snyder Cut. So right. I, I I wouldn't you know I wouldn't have a problem with it either. I mean, I understand you know the arguments of well, no, Snyder Cut should come out first because that's the you know primary thing that everybody wanted but at the same time just continuity wise it's like just being you know being like that saying okay well yeah we still want to see suicide squad because it leads into Zack Snyder's Justice League but right. it's so beautiful to think chris that we mm-hmm. actually have a a time coming in the future where we're going to be able to actually sit down and watch all this stuff like just yes. just knowing that that's going to happen is enough to get you know at least for for me personally for me to be amped to the highest levels. I mean I'm I'm ready to go. I'm like this is fantastic. HBO yeah. Max is is starting off really really nice. The fact that mm-hmm. they re, the fact that they replaced the theatrical cut of BVS with the ultimate mm-hmm. cut finally is just right. I mean that alone is is un- unbelievable. That means that they've accepted the alt- finally accepted the ultimate cut as canon. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's the first. The uh, I think that's the first time it's on streaming, ever, uh, ever. Yeah. Unless so you unless you awesome. buy it, unless you buy it, unless you buy it, uh, video, right. VOD, which you know, which of course, you know, all of us that are that are you know true Snyder Snyder fans either either already own it on oh, VOD, yeah. VOD or Blu-ray or whatever. But the yeah. idea now that we can just go into HBO Max. Knowing that HBO Max is paying attention to those numbers and have BVS mm-hmm. on every day in the background right. is fantastic. I mean, I sit yeah. there. I'll sit there, Chris. I'll be sitting there. I'll be working, and I'll just have BVS playing in the background. You know, just glancing up at it here and there. But just I've done this every day since they've put it on there because oh, I want to awesome. show HBO Max that yes, 
we're happy that this is here. We want this. We want you to continue to to do this and put these director's cuts out and have them on there. Like I think they got the they've got the director's cut of uh, Doctor Sleep up mm-hmm. on there too. And oh, I gotta I th- watch it. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think that the uh, release the Schumacher cut campaign. I think they got a really good chance of getting their that cut of Batman Forever on HBO Max at some point mm-hmm. too. I mean, right. HBO Max could really separate themselves in terms of streaming services by being unique to catering to directors' visions. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly where it could go, right? I mean, that's uh, not not the like HBO Max or even Netflix is like a dumping ground for these director visions. Don't want to be looking like that, but uh, it does create a, a, a much more freedom uh, to be on there and having release without you know critics bashing it uh to death before you see it in theaters right once it's out it's out like that's it you know you're they're already getting your money uh you're they're already getting the subscribership and also that uh it's it's out and people can watch it right away they can they don't have to be like oh that's too long because you can literally just pause it and go to the bathroom and come back and um, so I think this actually opens up a lot of a lot of different things, um, a lot of content um, for these streaming services, especially HBO Max, who is needing that content. They need to put more and more content on that streaming service to satisfy their subscriberships, right? It's just like YouTube uh, or it's just like even your channel. You got to put out more. You got to put out more shows. It's not like we're just going to sit back, relax. We're just going to put out more content because – you you have that uh, you have that subscriber who's 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 wanting to see more, wanting to learn more, wanting to you know be a part of something. So um, I think this is a, a fantastic thing, uh, and it's also a fantastic thing for directors too because that that one article, the Hollywood Reporter, um, the one for the announcement, where Zack Snyder on the bottom says this is kind of like a beacon uh, or like this like they're finally uh, a director's vision. Uh, you know, director-driven studio once again, or, or something like along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, to me, that's like a beacon. It's a spotlight to all the directors. That says, "Hey, if you want your vision here, if you want your story to be told, this may be the place to do it." And with the inception of Jim Lee, you know, throwing in the whole multiverse concept, well, you can have your vision in this world and you don't have to connect to other visions if you don't want to. So there are options on the table that you can play around with. And I think that opens up for so much more stories, so much more uh, content that more than we've ever had before. Uh, And I think that alone is like super, super exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we, and I mean, you got to, I, I think it's so amazing on all of those levels that you just mentioned and and it's like one of those one of the studios out there that is completely from what I'm hearing creator driven is Netflix and the and this is why when we get Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead we know that that is going to be a 100% unfiltered uh Snyder 
movie. So I'm, so mm-hmm. I'm really getting, I'm actually throughout all of this, you know, all of the hype leading up to the Snyder cut and all of these other possibilities of awesomeness within the Snyder verse that we can get. I've, I've stopped myself and actually thought, I'm like, have people forgotten, gotten, we are also getting a 100% unfiltered Zack Snyder zombie movie on Netflix pretty soon. I mean, yeah. I mean that's something else to be extremely excited about and to be looking forward to because we know that, you know, Zack Snyder is not going to be doing uh superhero genre related uh films for the rest mm. of his life, but no. the idea but the idea is that you want to you want to support everything that is director or creator driven and the Mm -hmm. idea that that we've got we're getting more and more we're going to get more and more of that now that these studios are open to the idea of hey we need content these creators want to be able to do their thing we have to let them do their thing and we don't have to worry about what critics say because it's streaming services Mm-hmm. That's so... right, and, and I think Zack Snyder knows that. That's why he's <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to be on Netflix, and I'm going to be on HBO Max because they seem to you know let me allow me to do things. I mean, I'm even excited for that. Um, uh, what is that thing there he's working on with Jay Oliva? It's an animated, oh, animated uh, um, uh, movie about Nor- Vikings, Norse Vikings, yes. Norse mythology, Norse mythology. Yeah, so that's even exciting. He's that's going into a, a different, more projects for the Stone Quarry, you know. <laughs> Anything, you know, it's like it's like we you, you, a lot of people, you know, people barely talk about the gal, the Owls of Gahul, the the animated movie that Zack Snyder did, and I think that that animated movie it's so underrated because if you check out a lot of the story and the visuals, that movie is fantastic too. Like mm-hmm. everything that Zack Snyder gets involved in. It mm-hmm. is done in such a and is done in such an artistic and mm-hmm. and clearly brilliant way, and I think we and so again anything that we're getting you know that that he's involved in you know so you know you mentioned right. the Norse the Norse project yeah we have yeah. all the reason in the world to be super excited I, I mean I'm yeah, hyped absolutely. up totally now like it's just it's like we're getting the Zack Snyder apocalypse that's what we're getting yeah. like <laughs> everything. he's certainly saving 2020 for sure (laughs) absolutely it's like it's like we can sit here and talk about zach snyder all night because we're we're two really huge zach snyder fans and to us it's like it's like when i say when people ask me they say well who's your favorite director and i say and they say of all time and i say zach snyder and they look at me and they're like of all time he's your favorite director (laughs) yes of all time i mean come on i i've never seen a zach snyder movie that I didn't like. Uh-huh. That's usually yeah. where you. That's usually where you base your, you know, when somebody asks you who your favorite is of whatever. That's right. usually what you base it on. Someone that right. you that you that you know has never steered you wrong. That you're that you're like, <laughs> I, I've never seen anything from this creative that I that I wasn't happy with. And that's rare. That's rare nowadays because there's a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of your favorite directors. I mean, even people that say, yeah, Steven Spielberg's my favorite director, but, you know, he's got a few, you know, misses. There. Well, Zack Snyder's never had any misses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, no, no I agree. I, 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 I'd say, like, even when, I, when people ask me, what's your favorite movie? I says, Batman v Superman. And they're like, what? You know, it's not like I don't know what's a good 
some kind of you know uh, Oscar award winning movie. Like it's not Gone with the Wind or or, or Titanic. Like, no, it's it's his t- <laughs> it's literally it's Batman v Superman because and that's and, and film's subjective. So for me, it's like it's the first time you see a Trinity on the big screen, and it's done in a, such an epic way. It has an epic storyline. It has political drama. It has all this. It has uh, relatability. You know, relatability. Yes, it, and it's and it's beautifully shot. You know, yeah. Right. Mean, what else? Every the, every single amazing. frame. Yeah, you could yeah. you could pause you could pause Zack Snyder's movie at right. any frame. Any movies that he does, you can pause them and make beautiful artwork out of that screenshot. Right. <laughs> I mean, how many so how it, many it's, directors it's, can you say that about? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot more, but for me, especially, it, it's just the one that that knocks it out of the park for me. Yeah, so, yeah I, 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 I rank I, it up I, like I, this. I go, I go, I go like this. I go like this, Chris. I go, I, I go. Zack Snyder, Akira Kurosawa, John Woo. Those are my top three. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like. Listen, I'm like I'm like. You, you got you, when you when you look at where you know when you look at where we are and you look at 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 films as a whole. I like films that tell that tell great stories and have compelling visual style. And that's what those three that's what those three directors have in common. Right. Right. That, that they do have style, like uh, John Woo. I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, Akira Kurosawa, especially. Yes, uh, yeah. They they have this. Akira Kurosawa, I think, kind of started in a way a lot of the Hollywood tropes that you see you now, like you know Jimbo and uh, Sanjuro and yes. the Seven Samurai. Yes. All these different films spun off that those kind of concept ideas into Hollywood where where you got like Magnificent Seven and then you even the Bugs Life, you know. So it's kinda cool to see that happen that way, you know. Oh yeah. But, yeah. 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 And, and and I and I, I laugh because I say, well and when they say Akira Kurosawa, somebody will ask me about Akira Kurosawa a couple months ago and I said, Well you know, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League was inspired by by seven samurai (laughs) it's just like i I just you know it's like you can make all you can make all these connections and you can sit there and and say and it's like i i get asked a lot about you know and i get asked a lot about john woo because i've been i've been working really hard to try and get john woo on an episode of the zod rider show so i so i so i've been you know i've been working towards that and i'm i'm sitting here like i'm sitting there like well gee you know what movies of John Woo's do you want to talk about? Well, I definitely want to talk about The Killer and Hard Boiled, but I want to spend oh. a lot of time discussing A Better Tomorrow and Red Cliff. And people oh, are yes. like, people are like, people are like, but you know, but he hasn't really made anything anything new lately. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, <laughs> he's he's been involved in so many good things. I've like, I've rarely I've rarely seen uh, John Woo films where John Woo had creative freedom to make the movie that he wanted to make that I didn't like. It's the same mm-hmm. with it's the same with Zack Snyder. If the movie's bad, it's not because of Zack Snyder, it's because of the it's because of all the creative meddling that the studio mm-hmm. did. For example, a lot of people don't like Sucker Punch. 
But the mm-hmm. reality is, Sucker Punch, we still, as we know, have not seen Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. Both of the versions that exist are studio-mandated messes, just like David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Right, right. You know, they're, they're studio-mandated yeah. messes. They're not, they're not what, the dire- what the director intended. So, Yeah, so I, I hope we even see Sucker Punch on, uh, you know, th- there's an extended cut right now on HBO Max, but I would love to see... Um, his director's cut one day uh, with that, I, I bet we'll with get that, that ending that I, he I'm, wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced we're going to get it. I, I'm convinced. Th- this is how, how much, like, I don't know if it's just a fantasy in my mind, if it's just the optimist in me, Chris, but I've come to figure that we're going to get everything. We're going to get a longer version of Man of Steel. We're going to get the longer version of BVS. We're going to get... Well, an even longer version of BVS. We're going to get it all. And it's all going to be like, and then they're going to somehow release it all together as this one big epic novel for streaming, like the way they did the Godfather movies, where they put them, put them all together and then they just, and they made them, you know, put them in chronological order so you could, you know, uh, you know, enjoy the story like like, like a novel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like a novel. It's like seven. It's like seven and a half hours long, but it's all three Godfather movies cut together, you know, chronologically, and then they add in, you know, different scenes that weren't in like the theatrical cuts of the movies, and they tie it all together really nice in a nice little bow. At some point, that's how I think we're. I think that's how we're going to get the, you know, the Snyder saga. It's going to be like a like a one big continuous epic that we can watch. On streaming, and I, I think I think that'd be fantastic. That'd be that'd be like a tradition. Every holiday, people watch. Oh yeah, we're gonna watch the Snyder saga, like like Lord of the Rings and like the Die right. Hard movies and all that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you, you got that point right. The Lord of the Rings is such a epic, fabled tale. It's like you can't just just watch one. You gotta like watch the rest. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like it's that, hard. Really, it's yeah. hard because you got to carve out yeah. a lot of time for Lord of the Rings. Because yeah, I'm one of those do. people that when I saw the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, I was never able to go back to the theatrical cuts. I just can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a, I'm a total uh, director's cut kind of guy. Like any time I see a movie and I have a choice between the theatrical cut and the director's cut, I always lean to the director's cut. The only exception that I make for that is the original Star Wars trilogy. Oh. I'm one of those people that if I, if I want to watch the original Star Wars trilogy, I want to watch the original unaltered Star Wars trilogy as it was in right. theaters before George, George Lucas started meddling with it. And the right. reason the reason I feel that way about George Lucas is because... George Lucas hasn't given us a definitive director's cut of these movies. He keeps, every time he releases the original Star Wars trilogy, there's something different in them that wasn't in the last release. So it's not like we've got like a definitive, it's not like we've got a definitive idea of what his vision for a director's cut actually is. Like if you watch, if you watch uh, Ridley Scott, if you watch Blade Runner, Blade Runner has like seven different versions of the movie. But, like, Ridley Scott released Blade Runner, the final cut. So we yep. have his definitive version of the movie. So when you watch the final cut, you can, I can watch the final cut as a fan of Blade Runner and say, right. oh, yeah, this is perfect. This is the final ver- – this is the cut that he wanted us to see. This is amazing. 
Same right, it's with, labeled the final cut, so you know that that's the right. one you got to watch. <laughs> right, and and you can and you can love it because you can respect it as being the director's vision. This is what he wanted us to see all along. Same thing with like one of my uh, all-time favorite historical films is Last of the Mohicans. Michael Mann, it's a brilliant film, but he's had like three different ver- well three or four different versions of it. There's the theatrical cut. There's the director's cut. I think there's an extended cut, and then and now there's the. I think it's I think it's called like the final cut or something, Some, something mm-hmm. similar to what Ridley Scott did with Blade Runner, and that version is actually the most superior out of them all because that's the version, the final version he decided to do. It's the most cohesive in line with whatever his creative ver- vision was for that movie. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the version I go to. So mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm all, I'm, but I'm always going to be like that. I've always been like that, steered more towards the creative. Even, even when I was younger, that's what I liked to do whenever I would hear there was a director's cut. I was always more interested in that than the right. version that we, you know, that we initially got. Are there any movies like that that stick out from, for you for many other directors? Or um, I'm kind of like you. Once I see director's cut, I can't go back because, because essentially when you watch the director's cut, uh, like, for instance, you know, the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman – Right. There's all these connective tissue, there's scenes in there, and it's already engraved in your memory. So when you go back to watch the theatricals, you're like, there's something missing. That wasn't supposed – there's supposed to be a shot. (laughs) This scene was supposed to take place before that. And so for me, like other movies, that just messes with my mind already. And I'm like, well, now I know this is missing a bunch of stuff, so why even bother watching something that's been cut to death you know, or or cut – the scenes that I remember, it's already embedded in my memory. So that's why when when I get to the director's cut version, I'm like, yeah, I just go and watch the director's cut version. I don't even go back and revisit what was the first one or whatever. <laughs> I recently uh, but, acquired, yeah. I recently acquired the direct, the rare director's cut version of John Woo's The Killer. I did not know oh, that John that. Woo had a director's cut version. I th- always thought that there Me was either. just the one version, and I had heard rumor floating around that there was some sort of extended version around at some point, but this is an actual d- director's cut that John Woo had mentioned, talked about in an early interview. And wow. I, had a, I got a copy of it. It's not like a perfect, beautiful, pristine copy, but mm-hmm. it's... But it's fantastic. There's actual scenes that are like connective tissue that I'm like, I'm like, and when I seen the scenes, I'm like, why'd they cut these out? This is perfect. This is great. I want these scenes back in. And it's in, um, I know the one that was released, the original uh, version of The Killer that was released, it's a classic. It was released uh, in Cantonese with English subtitles, and then it was uh, dubbed in English. Um, uh-huh. And then, so you know, but there's a, but the version that the direct the uh, director's cut version that I found is is only in it's not in Cantonese it's in Mandarin. Oh, it's with it with with English subtitles and it is, but it's fantastic. I watched it and I'm like, okay, I'm like, see, but and all it did, Chris, was reinforce everything that we've been talking about right now. I'm sitting here mm-hmm. like, you you. You can't, I mean, directors should be allowed 
to release their full vision no matter what. There's no mm-hmm. reason for you know, no reason for editing anything. Just let them put out whatever they whatever they want to do. So yeah, you know, just to cap that off, that's right. right. If I ever I mean, get John Woo, that's exactly what I'm that's exactly what I'm gonna ask him about. <laughs> that's awesome. How many more minutes is it the director's cut today? It's it's I would say it's about I wanna say it's about uh God uh, is that substantial? Like, is there more action scenes, like in the church, or there's 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 a few, you know, few incidental. Well, not I wouldn't say incidental. There's there is a little more in the church. There's yeah. a whole other scene between uh, between Jeff and Sydney. There's a whole other scene in the before before they go to the church. There's a whole other scene where before he goes to get before Sydney goes to get. Uh, Jeff's money from the from the uh, from the gangland boss before he leaves to go get his money. There's this whole like heartwarming scene between the two of them before that, uh, and then there's okay, there's okay. a lot more there's a lot more scenes between uh, Jenny and yeah. Jeff, and then there's okay. a, there's there's a re- there's a couple of really there's a really great scene where they all sit down and have dinner together. Oh my god, dude! It it is oh. it is. It is fantastic. Like they, there's so much stuff in there, and actually, there's more of a romance uh, between Jenny and Jeff, the mm-hmm. killer, than right. is than w- what we see in the theatrical cut. Like all the Whoa. really, really which romantic makes it much more stuff. tragic at the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah which adds to the tragedy at tragic. the end for those that you know, for those that have yeah. seen the movie and know what we're talking yeah. about. There, yeah. there's that makes the tragedy like ten thousand yeah. times worse right. because you realize that there's a real, real romantic connection between these right. characters. It's not right. just that he cares about her because of because of the blindness that he caused. Yeah. It's uh, because yeah. it's because he actually has a romantic, a strong romantic love for this woman. It's in there, and it's not, and it's not being. And there's more stuff with Danny Lee too, the police officer. Yes. There's a yeah. lot of stuff with him too that was cut out a lot of great like little police stuff a lot of really good scenes that were there's like this whole little side story in there that's not that's not anywhere near in the theater to be seen in the theatrical cut it's phenomenal it's phenomenal i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to uh I'll, 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 uh, I, I have it. I have a personal media center, media server. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll share with you and you can, and you can go on there and you can actually watch it because I do have it up there. Oh, cool. It's, All right. it's, fan- it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, I, I'm, I'm to the point right now where I, like, ever since I saw that, ever since I watched that, it like, it, it was something else. It, it just hit me so much. It's like it's like it's not that I needed any more reinforcement for mm-hmm. for the for the you know view that I have on directors and, and you know creative original content. But when you see something like that, and it's a movie that you already love the hell out of. I mean, I love mm-hmm. the original so much to mm-hmm. see a director's cut. And to only end up loving it more after you see the director's cut—that's incredible. Yeah, no, that's a that's good. That's a that's a kind of like what we're having with this whole Snyder thing, right? Yeah, it's just, exactly, it's exactly. Just the exact same thing. It's been it's happening same thing. for years and years. <laughs> because um, I like you, but, I went you know. and seen I went and seen BVS in the theaters multiple times because I loved BVS 
when I seen it in theaters the first time. I didn't buy into all that. Oh, it's so disjointed and messed up. No. Yeah, it had a few stu- things that didn't make sense because of studio cuts and things. But ultimately, it was still a good movie. It wasn't that it was a bad movie to begin with. It just wasn't, wasn't what it could have been. And then when we saw right. the... When we did get to see the ultimate edition, it just went from being, it just went from being a good Zack Snyder movie to a, to Excellent. a perfect Zack Snyder yeah. movie. Like, I mean, you, at the end of it, you're just like, why wasn't this released in theaters in the first place? Right. What, why were, they what in God's name were they thinking? <laughs> how how yeah. do you cut out seeds of Clark Kent being a reporter? How do you do right. that? <laughs> Like I don't... The, 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 one of the biggest ones was uh, for me was the the Senate building after the explosion. Oh why would yeah! Why out Superman saving a few people? Saving right? lives. <laughs> you know they 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 complain. The critics complain that you know Superman is so dour and he doesn't do anything for anybody. He never re- rescues any cats out of trees. He never actually really saves anyone and in that in the director's cut of bvs you see him, literally see him saving people yes and so you like see him get, right getting shot getting <laughs> shunned Why while he's getting <laughs> he's getting shunned while he's getting shunned while he's saving people too by the way look yeah. I, I this is where I, I i say you know you never that's why you can when when you when you see a movie and you watch a movie and my philosophy has always been if you watch a movie and you think oh my god some of these choices i mean this movie sucks it's like it's like okay who it's like you got to you got to stop and think about where you place the blame do you place the blame on on the director or do you place the blame on the studio? Because yeah. more than likely, and this is and like I said, this is all in my instance, it's always most always the case where when you watch the director's cut, it's always better. So yeah. it just goes to show that studios don't make good decisions when it comes to movies. <laughs> they don't. It, it just it's just like a it's like a disease among studios. They just they don't know how to do that. They're like and I always think that the philosophy is kind of like this. We need to get the movie down to two hours. I don't care what you have to do. Just cut it down to two hours. It's a good movie, right. but cut it down to two hours. And right. I, I think that when you have that attitude, that's what results in so many mm-hmm. badly reviewed, poorly review, re- reviewed films. Like, you know, I, I can't say that I think Dragon Ball Z would have been a better movie if we got to see, like, the director's cut of that. But who? But who's to say that it wouldn't be a better movie? It could be a better movie. It's possible that there's a superior cut of Dragon Ball Z out there somewhere, Chris. I mean, well, oh I mean, God. what do you think about oh that? God. I mean, it's like, it's like I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, Dragon Ball Evolution. It yeah, there? that's what I mean. Dragon Ball Evolution. That's what I was talking about. The live, the live action movie where live Goku action, was yeah. in high school. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe I, his original idea was more Dragon Ball, and then his students says, "Well, they won't understand that. Well, they won't we understand all that." In high school, well, he needs to be, you know. And <laughs> yeah, no, no, the Super Saiyan's not going to happen. We can't yeah. we can't have too much of that shit because people right. will get confused and and won't know right. what you're doing. You have to right. remember you're trying to appeal to a mainstream audience, right. and I, and right. I and I'd scratch my head and be like. Well, no, you're not really. You're trying to appeal to fans of that franchise right. who, is going, who is then going to bring in new fans of that right. franchise. You, I think the biggest mistake studios make is they, tr- is 
trying too hard to appeal to a, a broader audience. Right. No, I think, and I think we we talked about that on a vodka stream uh, just recently, where they were talking about test screenings. How um, I think Stephen Colbert said like they would just get just random people uh, to test screening, and for people who just generally probably would even watch that movie to get ratings for that, like why would you ask someone who's like I'm not even into superhero movies. Uh, I'm more of a romantic comedy person <laughs> and expect them to give their appraise or opinion on a superhero movie, right? It's like it doesn't right, make they're going to tell you they're <laughs> going to tell you what they like, they're going to tell you right. what they want to see in a movie. It was like right. it was like when uh David Sandberg who directed uh, Shazam yes. made yeah. that YouTube video about mm-hmm. how you know how about how test screenings are done? Yeah. I love that video so much, mm-hmm. especially when when like he, when they go in there and he's got the one guy that's like, "I like turtles." Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> oh, it's like, that's oh no, turtles. now we got to add more turtles to this turtles movie. To this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, and and so that's why I'm like, oh, I I think from what I was trying to ask was, does are there test screenings for uh, movies that go to streaming? Because it seems like it's less susceptible that would happen. I would you would think th- you would think that it probably right? that they're really not needed. Not the needed, ones that right. the ones that would go to streaming because your audience, your built-in see, and that's what I love. It's like the audiences for streaming, they can make that decision to cater to a fan base, like what they're doing for us with the Snyder Cut. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you know that you don't have. The normies, the people that will that just that are not really specific fans of any genre, but right. you know there's probably going to be a lot of crossover appeal for Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League because people are going to want to know what that's about. Because mm-hmm. even when you have, even though you have people out there, and I think a lot of times studios underestimate what people outside of the internet think about movies there's a lot of people that i know that are not internet people they don't have youtube channels they don't go on youtube they don't do podcasts they don't they don't follow along with all the news but there's a lot of Zack snyder fans out there Mm -hmm. like they they love the stuff but they but they're not like they but because they're They're not not a vocal yeah yeah, and they're not a vocal they're not a vocal majority they don't go on social media they don't they don't participate but you know these are people that i've actually heard you know you know i had somebody who had asked me who's a good friend of mine that i've known for several years and at one point he just straight up asked me he's like can you tell me everything you know about this snyder cut of justice league and i explained i explained it all as best as i could and he was like I really want to see that movie. I'm really right. excited. He's like, right. I've been a Justice League fan since I was a kid, and I thought that the movie that we got in theaters was absolute garbage, and I want to see a better movie. And, and awesome. yeah, I mean, it, it. and so I think a lot of it is you underestimate the mm-hmm. fact that the gen- you think that the general audience isn't as smart as they are, and the right. general audience actually does dial right. into this stuff they just don't have the time to dial into it the way we do. Like they right. may be fans, but they're not passionate enough to care. They've got enough going on in their lives where it's like I don't have time to devote all my free time to what movies are coming out. But I definitely would like to see a better version of 
Justice League. And I think that that's something that, you know, is completely, you know, where the studios completely missed the mark because they're not uh-huh. counting. They're not they're, they're not counting on those people. But yet those are the audiences that they want to target with everything. You know, you can't right, have it both right. ways. You've either got to you've either got to like either got to have some faith in the fan mm-hmm. base that you have or you need to keep trying to target audiences like that. And when you do that, you're going to always end up with movies like Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I think there is like a place for that type of movie. Well, well, more like Aquaman than <laughs> sure. Justice League. But yeah, again, but, it's a it's a it's yeah. a balancing act. Yeah, can, and like yeah. Shazam, there's a there's a uh, area for that, and that's why I think you know just thinking about, I just I wish I was in that in that room where they sh- they, they screened Snyder Cut to the uh, AT and T and Warner Media. And I would love to see in Warner Brothers' faces when they when they looked at Warner Brothers, says, "Why didn't you guys put this out? Like, <laughs> this is epic as fuck." <laughs> right, um, so right. I, that's I that's where I am too. I'm like, I'm like, what what happened? Like, who? Right. Like, what I want to know who is my question who is that my question is like, cowering uh, in the corner and okay. Yeah, I, I want to <laughs> know. Me. I want to know from Warner from uh a, from AT and T's perspective. Who they fired from Warner Brothers after they watched that that screening? After okay. Zach showed them his movie, the the one that he showed to Jason Momoa. After he showed it to them, I want to know what what they what said happened? and who who they Which yeah I- who they let go of. Because <laughs> honestly, you know, I, I think I that I was, was fly on that <laughs> you know what, you know what my theory is, Chris. My theory is I believe that that the that they had a that Toby Emmerich got a very stern talking to and he was <laughs> and he was the one and again he was the one that had to call Zack Snyder and say hey Zack uh can can we do this you know like right. with the whole Snyder cut thing i i really believe that right. part that probably was Toby's punishment for for everything that he <laughs> you know for all that crap they probably were like well Toby you have to be the one to call Zach now and yeah. <laughs> you know straighten this out because this right. this movie cannot cannot sit here we cannot have a movie this epic this like like Lord of the Rings for superheroes we cannot right. have this movie sitting in a vault when we've got this fan base that is is living for this movie we've you've got you we've got to put this out we can, we right. can't let this let this sit here I mean, yes. who the and, hell? And kudos to people like Jim Lee who who just had oh, that yeah. comic, oh, uh, yeah. you know, that comic knowledge. Uh, I couldn't imagine in that room. Like it says, well, how are we going to make this work? I love this, but we already got that movie out, and we're doing this and that. Says, and he just looked at them, multiverse, and they're like, what? You know, <laughs> I imagine him teaching them about multiverse idea and the concept of that, uh, but using it through as as for movies. And I think that's like that right there just shows you Jim Lee and Zach was trying to make it work for everybody and trying to make it work for Zack Snyder to come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I've, loved, I've loved Jim Lee forever. Like I've always thought he was fantastic and I was always so thankful uh, to get any books that he was a part of. But like knowing what we know now – just makes me respect him like ten thousand times more. Like like Jim Lee has been our ally this entire time. Yeah. Like when so you was, think about that, that's that's that it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. I mean you, when you think about like when people say, Well, what was the difference between like Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, right? Like aren't they both D C comic knowledge and, and everything? Why why is one 
uh, more open to that idea than the other. And I think Scott McClellan, who was part of uh, DC Film Squadcast, when we were on a vodka stream, he explained it. Well, this is this is because he has he you know he's got an all the comics. He has a library full of comics, but and so he says, well, Jeff Johns is a writer, and Jim Lee is an artist, and usually the artist supports the writer. So basically, when Jeff Johns in charge, he's using his writer mentality to say, you know what, my stories are correct. It has to be my stories, my stories, instead of, you know, um, so he treated like Zack Snyder probably like as another writer. And because he's the one in charge, he's like, my story should be correct. My story should do this and that. While on the opposite side, you got someone who's like Jim Lee, who is an artist. He supports the writers. So in this case, he's supporting the directors who are his writers. So he's supporting every other every vision. He he loves them all. He just loves DC in general. He's not the kind of guy who says, "Well, the it, the story should be like this," because he comes from the artist background. And when it, when you look at it that way, I'm like, "Oh, that totally makes sense. That makes much more sense why Jim Lee is so open to every vision and not so enclosed uh, like someone like Jeff Johns." You know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I felt I feel like Jeff Johns really, really discredited himself and hurt his own legacy by mm-hmm. not being fully in support of of any of this and be and taking the role that he chose to take. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel good for Jeff Johns at all. And the phenomenal part about Jeff Johns is he wrote so many great comic book storylines mm-hmm. that it's sad. It's yeah. sad to see that his ego got the best of him and it caused him mm-hmm. to do all of this because that's really the only thing that can drive somebody to be on the level that Jeff Johns was. Like it was it had to all be ego and him wanting to be like the Kevin Feige of the DCEU. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, like I've been saying all along, though, uh, he's a he's a great writer. He's great, some great stories. But when it comes to other stories, he just can't accept any, anyone else's story. And that's that's the problem, I think. <laughs> and that's why we have what is the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really bizarre when you think about, when you really break down the whole Jeff Johns situation, how even Jeff Johns could have been in support of Justice League. I mean, mm-hmm. being the, the writer that he is, I mean, he's written some of the darkest, deepest DC Comics storylines that we know of. And mm-hmm. for him to, him to go and totally uh, want to retool Justice League into what we actually got right. speaks volumes about how deeply uh, entrenched and how much... How much? Basically, it just shows how much hero worship he has for Kevin Feige. Because right. why would you? Why would you do that to your characters? Why would you want to subject these deeply layered, very, very well written, well directed, well acted characters, the, these wonderful actors? Why would you want to subject them to to this to this like Batman, almost Batman and Robin style? <laughs> film why would you want to do that i mean i, See, I don't it's so understand. interesting i mean i i know it's like it's not probably not all him but he, like joss whedon there's just too many 
What, what do you call that term where there's too many uh, cooks in the kitchen? Cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, and on top of that, you got Kevin Sujihara says, "Well, now it's got to be only two hours." So it's like right, there's right. Like we we so need we need our bo- we need our bonuses. We need our right bonuses. Our bonuses. So yeah. so let's just get this movie out. You know, right. special effects be damned. We're okay. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll make it. We'll make it up later on. And I and I just. And to me, I, I just I'll never I'll never understand that you right. want to sacrifice quality right. for mediocre right. just so that you could get. And I can't even. And it's funny because we can't even say that the Justice League that we got in theaters was mediocre because it was much worse than that. It, mm. it, it, it was it made it actually it actually made Batman. I think that Justice League made Batman and Robin look like a better movie because at least <laughs> at least Batman and Robin didn't shy away from or try to hide what it was. Batman and Robin was all about commercialism and consumerism and about merchandising. And you could right. see that all throughout the movie. There was no there, it was it was basically what Zack Snyder would call a corporate logo. That's what right. Batman and Robin was. So, yeah. we got to give credit to Batman and Robin for at least being what it was. And I almost <laughs> feel like I almost feel like Joel Schumacher intentionally made it into a made it into a parody after yeah. how how much they how much they basically assified his right. version of Batman Forever, Batman because Forever. as we know, yeah. there is a there is an actual serious good version of Batman Schumacher Forever yeah. out yeah. In, out in the vault somewhere. So yeah, so I think I think I that's what that Schumacher too. did. <laughs> I think I think that yeah. was Schumacher's response. Like, okay, right. you know, you you don't want me to make a good Batman movie. You don't want me to make a serious Batman movie. You just want me to make a campy corporate. Uh, piece of crap right. this is what we're going to do so they made batman and robin now you can sell all the toys you can sell all the happy meals you can sell all the posters and you know you don't have any pushback there's nothing dark in it there's nothing gritty it's all just stupid funny it's like the heir apparent of like the 1960s adam west batman which actually had more right. respect for the batman character than that movie did but you're probably right about that <laughs> but I, but I, but i'm just saying i think you know you know justice league is our batman and robin that's what it is it's like we're it's like we're looking at a movie that's just the result of just complete corporate shenanigans they they don't they're not they have absolutely no scruples about the fact we put this m- movie out so that we could get extra money that's all it was about right right no i believe that so uh, yeah so i'm also Hoping they release a Schumacher cut too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Might as well go into vaults and start releasing all the cuts, all of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. It is insane. Yeah, I but, think. But, I, but it, you know, it, like we're talking about how bad Justice League was and things like that. But man, if it if it hadn't been that bad, like if it came out okay to good, we wouldn't be in this. I think we wouldn't be in the situation where Zack Snyder could release his True Vision now. So. Yeah, it's uh, like they say, yeah. everything works out the way that it's supposed to in the end. Yeah, right. So Unfortunately, we, uh, daughter, but, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. in terms of the artistic creative size, you know, it works Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, a lot. That's that's one way of seeing it, but I kind of tend to believe that if Zack Snyder would have ended up releasing a compromised version and mm-hmm. it would have been um, received well, I mean, he may have been able to put out his director's cut later on because we always get director's cuts of Zack Snyder movies if there's a, 
if there's right. a demand for like it. an ultimate so, edition version right. or something. So maybe phone. so maybe even if we didn't get even if we did get the compromised uh, 214 minute cut that he was talking about, we still would have eventually got a darker director's cut. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. But can we uh, but see you, that? But, now, but, but you're right. But you're right. Like possible. at this point now, <laughs> at this point now, it, it's more. It's most likely we're getting we're getting more Zack Snyder than we ever could have hoped for at this point. It's probably what we're getting now is going to be 100 percent uncompromised so in that regard yeah we're coming out better in the end right and i can't wait <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i couldn't be more i couldn't be more yeah. excited it's like such a I can't wait a, to see this i mean I've, I've been like every day i kid you not like every morning my habit is to watch that teaser that 30 second teaser oh my god just to start off my day and I, I can't wait for that a clip or whatever he's going to bring to come out oh, because God, I know yes. that's what I'm going to watch every day until the trailer comes out. <laughs> that, that, teaser, that teaser is better than the entirety of Justice League. Justice League. <laughs> we, 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 can watch that, we can watch that teaser. And I'm like you. I've watched that teaser countless times. And I never, I never get tired of it. I think it is, I think it is the greatest piece of Justice League cinema that we've had to date. It's just phenomenal. You sit there and you watch it. There is so much in that little clip. That little clip tells, that little trailer tells a complete story in and of itself. Right. Like, no, you're I mean, right. Yeah. And that just goes to show just how brilliant Zack Snyder is because yeah. you sit there and you watch that and you know the whole story. You know when Diana sees that mural of Darkseid. Yeah. That there's no messing around. This is oh, yeah. this is real. She's, this is not quivering. happy. Like, this is like, not good. She's yeah, like shaking. Yeah, because she knows what's coming is not in any way something that can be discounted at right. all. This is, right. this is the closest thing that we're that you know, she's pro- she's looking at it in her eyes. It's almost like the expression on her face fear. is so perfect. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like fear is being. Fear. I don't know what Gal Gadot had to be told to be mm-hmm. able to you know project that level of fear but that's some high quality acting on her part you can yeah. tell right there that she's a, that she needs an adult diaper at that moment because <laughs> because literally you know it, it doesn't get at that point you get the moment of dread that she that you see in her face there yeah. is is almost like saying yeah the world is over. This is right. it. We're not going to be able to stop this. This is bigger than anything. And that kind of reminds me of it's like when a, when you're like she's probably like thinking back when a child and she <laughs> heard stories about the boogeyman, right? And oh, then you're yeah. an adult, and then you've you've been through a lot of stuff, but then you you see a finally like a picture of the boogeyman, like it's a real thing, and you're like. Holy crap! Right, like you're, dark side you're like is the boogeyman. You're shivering. You're like, I feel like uh, the fear of when in my childhood is real, and it's here, and it's coming. You know, and and she displayed it beautifully. Like in just that little moment, like you said, the story is told right there from when she's when she gets knocked by Doomsday. And she she turns around, she smiles like that's a great fight, right? <laughs> you know, she's got that cockiness because she's kind of like I'm powerful but, and I'm having a good time fighting this doomsday. But you switch over to dark side, and she's like, I'm scared of this one, you know? And, right. And it, right. It's, it, that's amazing. That's just not amazing. Looking, she's not looking. She's not looking forward to what they have to face. That's have, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
I, you know, and and to me, it's like it's like you you, and, and it just goes to show like the little nuance of how Zack Snyder had Wonder Woman show proven to be this great warrior and there's a reason why we got to see diana enjoying her fight with doomsday the idea that yes she can have a have an opponent that she knows is formidable but she can enjoy it almost like a workout but she also knows when it's serious when the dread is real and nothing nothing to joke about there's not going to be any smiles as far as as uh the dark side side is concerned and you know if we if if dooming if doom and gloom is what we're going to see on screen Mm -hmm. you know Zack snyder is bringing it with with uh dark side and and that yes and that's how it's supposed to be Dark Side is supposed to be the most feared character in DC history. You're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be. You know, thinking, thinking it's going to be funny. And I don't expect yeah. any any jokes about bleeding to be coming from Batman either when this happens. So oh, to no, me, no, so yeah. to me, I'm just like, I'm just like, you don't have Batman making jokes ever. Right. And right. that 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 was your big that was your biggest clue aside from Henry Cavill's face. That you that you that you you've entered you know the twilight zone Some when it comes to weird. a Justice League movie because there's no way that this is that this is you know this is how it's right. supposed to be and going back to that Grace Randolph interview do you remember when Grace had asked Zach a little bit about continuity and he had said how Aquaman and some of the other movies you know might fit in more canonically mm-hmm. with the theatrical cut of Justice League that came out just yeah. because of the direction that they chose to go when he sort of underscored that and then brilliantly accentuated the idea that DC is a multiverse. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I did. And, yeah. And, and for me, when, when Zach said what he said, I felt mm-hmm. really good and felt really mm-hmm. secure about it because I realized mm-hmm. what Zach, what the whole point Zach is trying to make here, the idea mm-hmm. that DC is a multiverse and there's something right. for everybody. So yeah, whether you're exactly. whether you're so a fan of what exact. Zach's doing or a fan of of what other of what the other creatives have done since Zach was no longer was not a part of that, you can enjoy it all because it can all exist. Right, it can all exist, and and it's and like I said, this is better off for Zach because Zach is not handicapped, and I could, I could say that yes. handicapped to try to conform to someone else's vision like he's not they're, like he they're not going to tell him well you need to have james Wan aquaman suit you know they're oh you're going to need to this needs to lead to this uh this needs to lead to that or this has he doesn't have to do any of that because he, he could care less what anybody else does they could have all the matt reeve batmans in the world if they want um he can still have his ben affleck batman you know so um this like for all the people who are kind of which i i still don't understand why they're um, you know, upset by that, by having it all connected. I mean, that's why Justice League came out in the first place, because they were trying to do it something like that. So I think this is better off for Zack Snyder in the long run. And I think he's much, much more happier the route that this is going. The Snyderverse, deep into the Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got so we've got the rest of the DCEU, and we've got the Snyderverse, and we've got connective tissue because of the multiverse. Right. So we got like whatever that Justice League, you know, you know, the continuation of that, whatever that may be, possibly. 
Um, then you got Matt Reeves, the Batman. That's his only universe. You know, Joker is kind of by itself. Um, and Shazam. I, I'm thinking Shazam is kind of like the Shazam first right now. <laughs> and and then we got the, the Snyderverse on, on HBO Max. That's how I'm seeing it, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's going to be amazing. What's your take on the whole idea of them doing a Gotham TV show through HBO Max to tie in with the Matt Reeves Batman movie? I think it's pretty cool that they're doing that. They're expanding worlds in worlds and, you know, kind of uh well there there's the business side. The business side is that they're usually before all this happened, it's always like, well, we can only have this version of Batman on TV or this version of Batman on this or this version, you know. Um, but now it's like they could care less. It's like, well, we can just put it on there because, hey, it's the multiverse. It's like I, I get it's kind of like an excuse <laughs> at the point that they could have multiple versions of the character, multiple universes on one uh, media. Uh, and one like on the streaming or on the movies and things like that, but it it really opens it up. I'm not particularly excited for more Batman stuff. I'm more of a Superman guy, and because there's a lot of Batman stuff going on right now, um, I would love to see more Superman themed shows and things like that. But I think in terms of of the fandom, uh, DC in general, um, it, it's it, it creates more opportunities. I think more opportunities, more more content for you for you to like and for you to pick and choose which is the one best fit for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I love the concept of the possibilities of mm-hmm. Henry Cavill appearing in more DCEU content, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, being filtered throughout the Snyderverse. I think that. I think that. Uh, I think Cavill is our Superman, so I feel like if we get more Superman, I want to see as mm-hmm. much of him as Superman as possible. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of anything CW. I have this. I have this uh, sort of thing that I say all the time: never CW, because <laughs> because I, I, I just can't. I can't stand that stuff. It's all. It's all watered down, cheap soap operatic i just i can't it's like everybody i talk to all has the same opinion well i like the first two seasons of arrow oh i like the first two seasons of flash and then i kind of fell off there's something about the cw in the first two seasons and then after that it's just it's all downhill so i I, i'm one of those people where i just i can't get into anything that they do on cw the only thing that i liked was in the last crisis crossover, how they mm-hmm. utilized Brandon Routh and they yeah. had him play like, like him. a kingdom come Superman. And I kind of mm-hmm. hoping I do have a little bit of hope that they'll do a, maybe at some point they'll do an HBO max. Cause I think this was rumored not too long ago that they might do an HBO max uh, series based mm-hmm. on his version of Superman. And I wouldn't I have a that. problem with that at all because, again, I like Brandon Routh as Superman. To me, Henry Cavill is definitive in that role as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. I love Henry Cavill as Superman more than anyone else. But, yeah. when, I, but when I look at you know, what they could do with a – if they want to say, for example, continue that Christopher Reeve-esque version of Superman, and if they want to do that with Brandon Routh in an HBO Max type of setup, 
I mean, I think that I think that that would be good. And, and you did mention, you know, how you want to see more Superman centric stuff. So I'm wondering what your opinion of all something like that would be. Right, so I'm not. I don't care for the Tyler Hoechlin Superman at all. Oh so God, no! Even, God, I, 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 that's why I didn't even mention Tyler him Superman, because yeah. he's he's terrible. Yeah, I'm not even one bit excited for Superman and Lois at all. Like, oh, like, no. yeah, like for for. Now the CW. Um, <laughs> now back then, I, I did like Smallville because at that time, oh, of you know, course, was, everybody loved like, Smallville because <laughs> there was nothing out. There was there was no there was not the amount of superhero shows and movies back then like we have now, and so that was all we got, and so that's why I enjoyed pretty much all. Of it. But but CW now, I mean, I think my, I guess the the part that kind of irks me is that they go through these high big you know high cons big ideas but they don't have the budget to back it up so i always feel like it's like you said it's watered down versions of uh you know and, and i don't know if it's my own expectations or not but but like brandon routh was probably the the best thing coming out of crisis uh and i i really do hope he gets his own series like i wish it was superman and lois like him as superman and right right there were so many articles that that did that that talked about that like i i don't i don't know if it was maybe it was a a screen rant article i don't remember but i remember there being an article about did uh uh did uh cw choose the wrong superman for their tv show uh and and they did and they did 100 yeah. percent. tyler tyler looks nothing like superman number one he's entirely too short he looks ridiculous in the costume he doesn't have any charisma whatsoever he doesn't he doesn't exude the character like when you yeah. see henry cavill you say that's superman. superman when you see yeah. when you see brandon ralph as the kingdom come superman you say that's superman but when you right. see tyler hoechlin you don't see you don't see superman yeah. you just see a guy in in superman pajamas cosplaying <laughs> that's what you see and it, it's ridiculous i yeah. felt like i look more like superman when i put on the superman suit than that guy does <laughs> so i don't so i don't really so to me i'm just like i'm with you 100 percent. i cannot stand yeah. that character and yeah. i don't and i don't see that show going for more than a season i think it's gonna flop horribly especially with the way the cw supergirl emasculates that superman every time she comes on screen i agree i mean i have friends who love like just downright love the cw and they love that shows and and but they also are with me like no that's not superman (laughs) so if the if the people fans of the cw show don't even like that superman i can't I can't even fathom how that's going to be successful at all. I'll be surprised. You know, don't get me wrong. I'll be surprised if that's successful and it goes past like a pilot or two. But like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I'm never going to. I'm not, not going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's impossible to be a, a fan of that material because you you when you see what they're when you see what they're doing and you see how cheap it is and how just again daytime soapish it is it has really no i mean i could see where it would have where it has its fan base i can see how there's people that that love it like for example all the people that love grant gustin as flash i don't mind him as flash i don't mind uh some of the things that they've done i always i like i said i thought the early you know in like the first season of arrow i thought arrow was a pretty cool show too but 
that's where it ends for me. Like, I don't see how, you know, I mean, after a while, it just went on and on and on and on. And it got to a point where now it's a parody of itself. It doesn't even resemble what it was initially when it got started. So it's, it's, it's like a perfect example of, of like what happened to CW after, (coughs) after those couple of seasons is justice league. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That that's just, (laughs) (laughs) it's, that's why I'm saying, like, even the CW guys, they they love Grant Gustin stuff, but not that Superman. But, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, everybody gets their cake and eat too. If you like that, you you know, it's not being erased. Everything is canon. So if you like that, go ahead and watch that. And you know, I'll be over here watching the stuff I love. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I think. But that's where I think why I say we're living in the greatest possible time to be a DC fan. Because this just goes to show, I mean, you and I, we can hate the CW all we want to, but it's okay because it, exi- it can exist over here while the mm-hmm. Snyder, Snyderverse exists over here and then everything right. else in between. And we're, it's great to be a part of a multiverse, and mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like the fandom is yeah. a multiverse in and of itself too, and I, and I think that that's great. Because we all are, are free to have our own different opinions and love what we love, and, and one of the things that you know, you know that I that I I got to bring up is that when I'm on, you know that that new that YouTube show that I'm on every week with with three other guys called the Four Nerds. When I mm-hmm. do the Four Nerds, when we get on the Four Nerds and we do that show, we have this little we have this little uh, you know this little meme that pops up. Every time somebody disagrees, we have this little meme that pops up that says, I disagree, and, we, and it has the, you know, the, you know, the Batman BVS music plays in the background, and his eyes kind of light up. And it's oh, just that's sort of, funny. It's like, <laughs> it's like what we're doing is we're, is we're poking fun at the idea that, hey, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to, you know, to not like something or to not agree with something your friend just said. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're going to hate your friend's guts and you're going to block them and you're going to disassociate yourself with them all together because you disagree. It's okay mm-hmm. to disagree. There's something for everybody here. It's fine to have a healthy, friendly debate about something. You don't have. You can have two people on a podcast, a guy that loves the CW and a girl that loves the Snyderverse, mm-hmm. and they can, they, can agree, they can disagree with one another and still mm-hmm. be friends afterwards. And that's something that... And that's something that is is nice to see in the you know in the Snyder in the Snyder Cut uh, fandom uh, community where you can have disagreements without you know without hating each other. So that's something mm-hmm. that we're you know so that's something that we're kind of foc- that we kind of focus on and poke fun of in the four nerds. Um, and you oh, know, that's cool. I, and, and for me, and for me, it's kind of it's it's worked because it's helped me, it's helped me feel really good about something. And every time we do it, well, somebody will say, or if somebody on the live stream, somebody will say in the chat, "I disagree," and then we'll play that meme, and then <laughs> and then they'll be able to you know explain why they disagree. Or when like I could say say like to you with something you just said, I could say, "Well, Chris, I disagree," and then we play mm-hmm. the meme, and then and then there and then we would. You you would elaborate and go into why you disagree, and then you'd kind of have the you'd have your little debate, and then that would, and then that would kind of you know. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, solve that's it. Yeah. So 
Oh, cool. So it's yeah. So, so that's what we do. That's what we do on Four Nerds. It's kind of a, a little thing that is. Uh, so yeah, you know, a little and a little plug for the Four Nerds. But yeah, we, <laughs> that's you know. But that's how you know. That's what we you know what we do there and how we how we address you know disagreements amongst amongst fans on that mm-hmm. on that uh, live stream. But right, you, you know, and and I look and, and I say with you, it's like it's so funny, Chris, because I, I'm sit I sit here. And all the years that you and I have, you know, known each other, and we've done a few podcasts together, and you know, we interact on Twitter every now and then. And it's funny; I, I keep sitting here saying, "My God, I, I can't think of, I really can't think of too many times I've disagreed with Chris." <laughs> it's like I can't really think of too many times. I mean, you know, every once in a while, but never anything right. really noteworthy. Like, oh, <laughs> so it's like. Right. It's like, but I, you know, but it's true. It's like, I just, I, it's me, I'm a positive guy and I like to be positive and I like to, you know, and I, and I like to be around people who are generally positive. I tend to mm-hmm. think that it's that, especially with something like this, you know, it's about movies. You're supposed to have fun with it. You're supposed to be, you know, able to be friendly and to, to have, uh, you know, a friendly disposition, no matter what you're talking about. So to me, it's, mm-hmm. it's. It's just kind of, um, you know, it's just kind of nice to see, you know, that going into Justice Con, it mm-hmm. seems like people have become more and more positive. What do you think? Well, I hope so. Uh, and, you know, you and I know there's probably a few out there who are just not into Justice Con uh, for whatever reason. But, um, you know, I think it, it should be a time of celebration. So, that part I don't understand. How no, we can't be excited for this. Just, just oh yeah, you know, oh just yeah, Justice Con is, out, is, just is. Being, you know, I don't know, but you know, but I am excited. <laughs> I, you know what? This is it. This is me. This is where I am, Chris. I, I I realize that there is there's a portion of the fan base out there that, for whatever reason, doesn't support Justice Con, and I'll never understand it because number one. Justice Khan is being headlined by Zack Snyder himself. So mm-hmm. if for no other reason, whether you agree with the people running Justice Khan or not, or the people who came up with Justice Khan, whether you have personal differences with them or you disagree with them, you should still be supporting Justice Khan because yeah. Justice Khan is being headlined by Zack Snyder. And right. this is about the Snyder Cut. And all of these people profess to be hashtag here for Zach. So if you're here, so if you're here for Zach, how can you not support justice con? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like my, it's like I I scratch my head and say, well, if you can't support justice con and you know, Zach Snyder is involved and Zach Snyder is literally headlining the event. I mean, he shouted it out in the, Mm -hmm. and, and called the people running it, his friends, on Grace Randolph's interview yesterday. So if that doesn't give credence to it and solidify the importance of it, I don't know what more more you need and I don't know what the hell you're doing here then. Because what are you supporting if you don't support Justice Con? I, right. I, I, I really feel like that, that, that issue needs to be addressed in a, at least in as, in as positive a way as possible. I understand people have you know, their grievances and their, their differences. Lord right. knows that, I, that I've had quite a few little skirmishes myself over the years with people. 
But the mm-hmm. one thing, but the one thing I, I I can say about all that is that I've learned and grown from every experience I've had in that regard, and mm-hmm. I and I accept that I have to take responsibility for the things that I say in the in the mm-hmm. tweets that I put out and the mm-hmm. podcast that I go on. I have to be an adult and be responsible for my words, and I understand mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, I I just can't understand the idea of not supporting something that is literally being headlined by Zack Snyder. That to mm-hmm. me is ludicrous. That that makes it seem that like okay, what are you fighting for? What's your what's your point? What is what is uh what is RT Snyder Cut? What is RT Snyder Cut supposed to be? RT mm-hmm. Snyder Cut is supposed to be a hub that fans who are curious about release the Snyder cut can go to and can look at and can say, and can say, okay, I I'm curious about all this. What's all this, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league stuff about. You're supposed to be an unbiased Twitter account that is there as a resource, not an opinionated individual Twitter account that has personal grievances with certain people over here. So you cannot Mm. support this big event that Zack Snyder himself is headlining. I'll never understand it. I never understand it. And, and, I, and I will always, and to me, until somebody does a documentary, I guess it will always remain a mystery, Chris, because I, I have no clue. I just, I just scratch my head and say, just like you, I'm excited yeah. for Justice Con. I'm happy right. to be a part of Crisis on Infinite Streams. I'm looking forward to this more than probably any anything since last year when we got the... Uh, you know the uh, Zack Snyder, uh, what was it called, Snyder Con? Oh, the Snyder Con. Yeah, yeah, that get together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I Except mean, what? Even then, even then, though, it was like uh, the Snyder Con that that was in uh, March, I think March of last year. Even then, we were kind of like, "Oh, are we going to learn anything about Snyder Cut?" You know. <laughs> I remember you doing videos. I remember right. you doing videos leading up to it, and I remember the last video you did, Chris. And I remember you saying, and I'm paraphrasing, but I remember you saying something along the lines of, "This is when we're going to find out. This is when we're going to know. There's no way that we're going to go to this event with Zack Snyder." And someone isn't going to stand up and ask that question. <laughs> and we know who did. Uh, it was Matt from Comic Movie Marks who stood, who not stood who, up, but shouted Matt, out. For Matt all shouted of us. out. Oh God! And I love the Comic yeah. Book Movie Marks. Those are those are yeah. some great guys too. And he got he stood up and he said he said release the Snyder Cut. Right, and, just right. like, and, and it like it's like look, I personally I, I feel like I feel like at that point yeah. That was an actual coordinated Zack Snyder event, and nobody was able to, like, ask the panel. Nobody was able to get those words out. I I, I, I still say, my God, at least now where we are at this point, we know it's coming out, so there's, Mm -hmm. like, no pressure. Justice Mm -hmm. Khan is going to be phenomenal, and I and 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 Zach is probably going to get all the is probably going to get all the right questions. I, I'm amazed. I'm excited. So excited, man! I've never been more hyped. I got to ask you though, how do yeah. you feel about the panel you're going to be involved in with uh, Jonita Davis and uh, Shiraz, Shiraz Faruqi? Faruqi. How, how do you feel uh, about that? Oh uh, well, I hopefully I can give a good 
discussion. <laughs> like, hopefully, I can I can bring something to the table. Oh my god, they're it's phenomenal. Shiraz uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be great. Diversity market, yeah. And so I I'm just hoping I could bring something worthwhile uh, to that thing, um, and uh, and I think it will be fun to to talk about. Uh, all the representation in the movie, um, oh, yes. you know, whether it be Ray Fisher or you know the you know inclusion of Harry Lennox, because Harry Lennox wasn't even in just Justice League, right? So right. we didn't even know he was in the movie, and they cut him out. So, uh, so they they get to put him back in. Um, you got um, Eleanor Stone's the characters Eleanor Stone, you know, possibly we've got uh, Ryan Iris Ryan West Choi. We got Ryan Choi, right? Yeah, Ryan Choi is gonna be in there. It's just and 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 to see all that just you know taken out um really does you know especially during this time now black lives matter it it really it really is something to be able to include that back now and see how uh in turn in in kind of a way it's representing that movement too to have that effect in hollywood as well so and i know that's a big thing for ray fisher because he's all about hollywood black lives matter oh god Um, god how how and how epic is is Ray Fisher? I mean, oh my God! You talk about somebody who's got a who's got a dynamic personality and an understanding mm-hmm. of things on a level that is that is just brilliant. There's that guy. I mean, yeah. wow! Even today, <laughs> I mean, he 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 said uh, he talked about that barber. Who wasn't credited in Justice League, you know? And he he told Zack Snyder about it. Zack Snyder said, "Oh, we're going to make sure we're going to credit him for that." I mean, those little, uh, even down to the little injustices are are being rectified, you know, oh, being my God, yeah, fixed. And I mean, yeah. that's that's amazing how much this movie goes beyond just. It's like uh, it's like you know, it's like Ray Fisher can like can like tell and can just like tell Zack, hey. uh, Zach, this guy, this guy was doing this. We got, we got, we got to prop him up. Right. Zach's like, Zach's like, don't worry, done. We'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. How much he respects him, and how much to the point that he was the heart of, he is the heart of the film. Yeah. Um, And I can't wait to see more of him, and and how much influence, like in terms of you know uh, getting his input about the whole character. You know, he he truly cares about everybody's input into their own character, and for the studios, it's just like, like he has a lot more stake in this. I think you know Ray Fisher because this was his move. This was his moment. <laughs> it yeah. was big moment. This is the this they, is the movie that would have made that would have made Ray Fisher a household name, guaranteed, yeah. guaranteed. Right. And right. and we and we know this based off of all the material that we all the stuff that you know Zack Snyder has been sharing with us for the past three years. We're aware that this is this is one hundred percent legit. It's mm-hmm. it's beautiful, man. Yeah. I, I, it's like it's like you talk about you talk about righting wrongs. This is mm-hmm. I, this is all about justice. I mean, this is justice for real. Yeah. Justice League is justice for all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> like, I mean, a, I mean we're not, we're not, it's not just about a movie. This is about yeah. justice for, for humanity, for human beings. I mean, this is beautiful. And, and I, you know, and again, this is why I feel like when you look at, an, you look at something like this, it's just, 
I think history is going to look very, very kindly on the Snyder Cut movement. I really do. I think this is – historically, it's going to go down as something that was – that's definitely unprecedented, something that that was born out of positivity and out of love and just – and it just and it just grew and grew and i and i'm 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 just you know i'm just humbled to be a part of it all i think i think it's i think it's wonderful oh i can't wait for to read the book <laughs> oh my god yeah sean o'connell a book that would i mean come much, on yeah. you you talk yeah. about another uh, talk about another guy who like who came from the total opposite side of the spectrum and and mm-hmm. and you know totally turned everything around and became one of the, one of the biggest supporters yeah. Ever, I mean, Sean is another guy that you're just like, oh my god, the, you know, talk about phenomenal, a phenomenal contribution. That book, right. I, I, I was telling Sean, you know, we had him on the, we had him on the uh, Four Nerds several weeks yeah. ago, and I was telling him, I'm like, I'm like, Sean, I'm gonna when your book goes on pre-order, I'm gonna buy at least ten copies of it because I want to make sure I give a copy to everybody I know in real life who told me this movie was never coming out. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> Read this. This is what it's like, happened. oh, oh, here you go. Oh, oh, tell me about tell me about that Snyder cut again. Okay, yeah, yeah here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. And, and then and then I'm gonna do the same thing when the Snyder cut is released on Blu-ray. I'm gonna buy copies right. for everybody. You know, and be like and be like, Oh, here's the movie to go along with the book. Here you go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the movie so that you guys cause... said would never come out. <laughs> right. It's so funny because, like, before uh, he only he started being aware of a lot about the Snyder Cut after that Army of the Dead set visit. Yes, and it's so funny because um, Stephen Colbert was the one who asked Zack Snyder about Justice League, and that turned Sean's attention to like, what? What is this? <laughs> and it actually made Sean O'Connell a part of like tr- wanted to know more about the Snyder Cut. So that was just a. Uh, cool thing that happened uh yeah I, you know happened. i i have to awesome. say it's nice to see it's nice to see how steven how steven colbert changed his tune too because remember initially he wasn't really he wasn't really too sure about it and he kind of had a different perspective and it was nice to see him you know become totally you know become totally get totally on board and 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 everything so i so I, like I, I it's nice to see so many people that went that started off looking at it much differently i mean even who else there was another one there was i think mark hughes was the same way who started mm-hmm. off kind of you know kind of negative like no it's not going to happen or oh yeah. it's going to take it's going to take this this and this and and then he and then he found out got in touch with the right people and found out what was going to happen. So I think a lot of it is just people getting in touch with the right people to turn, to turn their perspective around. Like you said, for, for, uh, for Sean O'Connell, it was, mm-hmm. it was Stephen Colbert. And so, and mm-hmm. for Stephen Colbert, it was somebody for somebody, it was somebody else for Stephen Colbert. It was, it was somebody it was kind of, for, yeah, it was funny. Cause I didn't, I didn't really talk to Stephen until much later on but then i when i look back into the articles yeah he did put an article about the snyder cuts uh the month that that movie came out and so i'm like oh so he was actually on board uh since the beginning like even when i was still kind of praising the justice league movie oh, which okay. i still i still keep up 
because I wanted to be a reminder of ignorance. Uh, and, well, and I, I, I look at you know you know where I, what I what I what I get what I get hit with the most what I think about the most what hits me the most is I remember talking to you right before you did that Wall Street Journal uh, interview with before and after when you did that mm-hmm. uh, Wall Street Journal article with Ben Fritz and I just remember like your infectious positivity and I remember how I was like. How I went back and researched, you know, and, and found that book that Ben Fritz wrote about creative, uh, oh, you know, yeah. creative integrity yeah, and all that. And I remember yeah. reading that book thinking, my God, this is the guy. Like if you read that book, I remember thinking, my God, we got we got the right guy on board. We got the right yeah. guy on board because this guy is yeah. this guy is all about this stuff. Like right. like I and like to be to be honest with you, I at that moment. I thought that Ben Fritz was going mm-hmm. to be who Sean O'Connell turned out to be. Right. You know, Sean we O'Connell so... <laughs> was the guy. Sean O'Connell yeah. turned out to be the guy. Like yeah. the one that was going to not only totally make a turnaround and totally get behind the movement, but he was going to write the book. Mm-hmm. And 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 for Ben Fritz, I feel like it was just a complete missed opportunity. I mean, he he yeah. backed the wrong horse. He got mm-hmm. into it. He got into it for the wrong reasons. Wrote the puff mm-hmm. piece. Didn't mm-hmm. you know? Didn't even re bother to investigate when you and Fiona gave him all the tools that he needed. Not to... even us, Jay Oliva, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but but what, I'm, but what I'm but what I'm saying between <laughs> yeah, but 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 between but between all you guys, you yeah. know, all the people, you guys, all, all those guys, between all of that, Jay Oliva, he had enough resources yeah. to where if he wanted to, he could have went straight to Zack Snyder himself and got as much as he could have, and at some point he could have got on board and he yeah. could have been, and and thankfully do we have. Sean O'Connell, who who wasn't a supporter at first, but got on board, got in mm-hmm. touch with the right people, learned yeah. the right information, and now look. Now yeah. we have this we have this awesome book to look forward to that's gonna tell the whole story. I mean, it's we were all interviewed for it. I I know yeah. I was interviewed for it. I'm pretty sure you were, all these people were. It's mm-hmm. amazing. We're we're in a position right now where I mean we're living in the be- the best time ever to be a Zack Snyder fan and a DC Comics uh fan. I, I just right. I, I just and, and all of these little miracles that popped up about at all this negativity, all these things going wrong from the Wall Street Journal onward in the mm-hmm. in the early days of the release the Snyder Cut campaign. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it should be, you know, it's all, it's all a win from here on out. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what I say. It's all a win yeah. from here on out. So I, so, you know, I, 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 you know, I give credit to everybody. I think the movement as a whole, everybody did their part. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice to see where we've, where we've come. And like I said, although, you know, people, we all, we all didn't always agree. That doesn't matter because we still accomplished what we needed to. And yeah. And I think yes. I think I think the I think the movement needs to continue, but it needs to continue to to evolve and be all, and mm-hmm. turn into all encompassing support mm-hmm. for Zack Snyder in the Zach future Snyder. because we want because we want his we want his vision to continue. We want him to be able to fulfill his vision. So that's yep. so that's important. Yep. Just watch the heck out of that movie and 
don't pirate it. <laughs> oh, Stream God, it no. legally. God, no. Make yeah. Sure yeah, yeah. That I mean, HBO Max, HBO Max is easy. It's whatever. easy. Just continue. Just continue to subscribe yeah. to HBO Max. I, yeah. I said this before. I said if I ever comes down to I get to a point where I'm I'm suffering and I can all, and I can't afford uh, streaming services only more and I can only afford one streaming service. HBO Max will be the one that I keep because, I mean, to me, they've instilled customer loyalty for life just Mm -hmm. on the basis alone that they listen Mm -hmm. to us as fans and are giving us what we want. Exactly. That's such a rare. That's such a rarity. <laughs> that's such a rarity nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. like how much? How much did did your respect for AT and T go up? The way that they, the way oh. that they were interacting with fans once the cut was announced. I'm like, I, I've never Definitely. seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. When I mean, when AT and T was responding I mean, to my gonna, tweets uh, with gifts, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. 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 That interaction at that level is is unprecedented. Like they're that just tells you for all those haters out there is like they won't listen to you guys. They're a phone company. Well, you sure about that? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're the they're the adults in the room. They told they told Warner Brothers, "We're tired of you messing things up. This is what we're doing now." So just yeah, to finish up, Chris, because I know you got to go. I don't want to keep you, you know, keep you for forever. But I just yeah. wanna, I, you know, I just wanna say, I, I just wanna say thank you so much for for coming on here again. I love talking to you anytime you and i get a chance to just chat on a podcast and geek out about all this stuff i get excited it's just so fantastic Uh, i appreciate you're still you're still one of the most you're still one of the most (laughs) positive entities in this in this whole situation i don't care what anybody says uh you're you're always you're always ranked high up there in my book chris i i always love you and think of you in a positive way you are awesome uh, I guess the final sure, question I have I have for you before you know before we wrap things up is, what is the one major thing you would like to see happen at Justice Con? Oh boy, I, and I think uh, I think we already know what that is. Is when he said he's going to show us a clip. That's probably what I'm looking for. <laughs> well, there you go. That little announcement so that that Zack so Snyder's panel. <laughs> I want him to bring. Yeah, I, I want him to bring the entire Justice League out with him when he when he when he oh, has this panel. I'm thinking. I, I want to see Affleck. I want to see Cavill. I want to see Gal Gadot. I want to see them all on that Zoom call. That's what I want to see. I'm like I'm like you know I'm like geeking out thinking because Zack Snyder when Zack Snyder says he has a surprise i mean he's he's not kidding around he always has something big up his sleeve so i'm really looking forward to it oh i don't i don't think there's any i don't think there's any i don't think there's any level of hype too big for Zack snyder but yeah. that's just you know that, that that's just me i don't know i'm super I won't be able super to hyped. sleep friday night i think oh I think no friday night i'll be like i'm what it's tomorrow it's, oh my it's God. gonna be all it's gonna be all streaming and it all and crisis on infinite streams it all starts yeah. so early everything just yeah. gets full stream ahead everybody needs to make I sure they get it. they get plenty of rest friday because right. saturday and sunday is going to be non-stop craziness uh, yeah i already oh, told man. my family i'm i'm out you know yeah, well, you can't, you can't I, I, said the, I said the same thing. I said the same thing. I told everybody, I'm like, I'm dead to the world this weekend. Yeah. I'm like, I just pretend like for these two days, I, I do not exist. 
Right. <laughs> and that's that, that's where <laughs> that's where I am. I'm like like if you want to see me, I'll be on I'll be on YouTube, I'll be on some streams. You could tune into the streams I said, but it's all about Justice Con this weekend. So Exactly. Yeah, yes, yes <laughs> Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. And I have and for people who are listening to the Zod Rider show, I have a very special Zod Rider show episode coming up next week where I have Jonita Davis who is also on a panel with Chris Wong this weekend on Justice Con. So I want everybody to check out to continue to check out Chris on the Ping Pong Flick show. You do you do your stuff daily, right? I mean almost daily now. Almost daily. There's so there's always no, something. <laughs> so there's always something going on. You can yeah. check me out here on the Zod Rider show on PSN radio.com and then on Thursday nights at seven thirty PM Eastern when I do the live uh for nerds stream on YouTube. So you can check you can definitely check that out on Thursday nights. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you again, Chris, for being here and you've been listening to PSN radio dot com definitely check out justice con yes mahalo <laughs>